This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. You can find me on Twitter at TommyKelly44. Um, where I'll throw out the question on Twitter as well. Is it time to bench Carson Wentz? Um, and the answer to me is unequivocally yes. It's absolutely yes. And is Carson the only problem? No. I mean, has Doug Peterson had a good year? No. I mean, you look at what Indianapolis is doing right now. Um, Frank Reich looks like he's a pretty good coach. Uh, he looks like he knows what he's doing. And I'm sure that has uh, some level of impact. But we got to stop this habit of just excusing away Carson Wentz's play. Where, I mean, I'll see people, every time he makes a bad throw, it's solely somebody else's fault. You know, Fulgham should have come back for that ball. No, the ball should have been out a half second sooner. So it's on him when he turns around. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, the Jason Peters, and Jason Peters is terrible. Trust me. Uh, he, he's terrible. The offensive line's not good. But there are so many of these sacks and so many of these hits he's taking because he's holding the ball too long, and he's not moving. He's not getting out of the pocket. He's not showing any level of awareness. And, I, you know, maybe even if it is just for a game, just to wake him up, just to, to, to show him that, yeah, you can get benched. It needs to be done. It needs to be done. And Doug Peterson was asked about it after the game. We'll get back to the, the phones in a second here. Um, but Doug was asked about it after the game. Here is Doug the first time he's asked whether he would consider uh, benching or whether he did consider benching Carson Wentz during this game on Sunday afternoon. You know, with the way the game was going and the, the elements, and, and we were just, uh, you know, uh, really a score from putting ourselves back into this football game, I, d- I did not consider that. Now, I would have argued that's the reason why you would do it because you were in the game, and – the offense wasn't doing anything with Carson, maybe Jalen Hurts could jumpstart things a little bit. And maybe you at least give him an opportunity, get the offense moving a little bit, and that changes the dynamic. Um, so, I, I I mean, I disagreed with that response. Uh, but uh, later on, the questions didn't stop. The reporters did their job, and, and they continued to ask the questions that needed to be asked. Here was Doug asked whether Carson would definitely be his starter next Monday night against Seattle. Now, I mean, the arrogance of that response, like, you're offended that anyone would even ask that question? I mean, are you watching the games, Doug? Uh, do you see how bad he's playing? And I think Doug does. Um, I, I, I think that Doug, Doug was, I think Doug's overcompensating because he was brutally honest last week after the game uh, in regards to Carson's play. And he was obviously frustrated with Carson's play last week. And I think he's trying to give him a vote of confidence, and that's why he responds in that manner. But it's not a ridiculous question. It's it's a question that needs to be asked. Um, and, you know, it, it. I don't know how you can look at it and not think that's, that's a possibility or something you've got to consider. Um, but here's one more. And this last one I found to be very interesting. This was Doug's answer when he was asked whether – he has the authority to bench Carson Wentz or whether that's something that needs to be cleared uh, from people uh, above his head, be it Howie or Jeff Ward. Look, I think, I think if, um, if, if you get to that spot, whether you, you, you don't start him or you, or you bench, I, I think you're, you're sending a wrong message to your football team that the season's over and, 
and um, that, that's a that's a bad message. And and um, you know we have to we have to work through this. Times you know when 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 times get tough, it's you know sometimes that might be the easy thing to do. And and um, you know um, this this business is about work. This business is about you know, detailing, having ownership, things I talk about with the team. And um, that's what we got to do. That's, that's coaches and players. That's, that's not one guy, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger. This is, this sport's bigger than one guy. Um, And we all, we all have a hand in it and and we all have to fix it. It's obviously bigger than one guy, but that one guy is killing your team right now. You know, that one guy is killing the team. And um, I disagreed so much with Doug sentiment in that clip where he says, you know, benching Carson Wentz would be sending the wrong message to the team, that it would be sending a message as if the season's over. And I I couldn't disagree with that more. I actually look at it the complete opposite. I think it would have the complete opposite effect if you bench Carson Wentz. Because the message it would send would be that nobody on this team, nobody on this roster, nobody in this organization is entitled to anything. Because that's the message you're sending by leaving him in. Is that, well, we're committed to him, and because of how much we're paying, and because of where we drafted him, he gets to keep his job regardless of his performance. Where, as somebody like Avante Maddox, who was terrible on Sunday, he got benched. So... There are different rules that apply to Carson Wentz, who's brutal week after week after week, but he gets to keep his job. But Avante Maddox gets benched when he struggles on Sunday afternoon. That's what sends the wrong message. So I couldn't disagree with that anymore. You need to hold people accountable. You need to hold people accountable for their performance on the field and what they do in games. And to leave him in, that sends a terrible message to me. That all your hard work, it sends a message to the team that all your hard work really means nothing because it's about your status within the organization. It's about the contracts. It's about where we drafted you. And it doesn't really matter your performance. That's a bad message being sent to the team. The message being sent when you were leaving Carson Wentz in there to play as poorly as he has is that he's not held to the same rules and standards that everybody else is on the roster. And that's a disgrace. And I think Doug was – that was a terrible answer. And I I totally disagree. I think it would have the, the exact opposite effect. And benching him would prove to this team that everybody's job's on the line. And this next six weeks is about your livelihood in this league and your future with this organization. And nobody's excluded, including the quarterback. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going, Tom? What's going on, man? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, well, actually, you know, before I get to that, uh, I heard Gus last night. Um, I'll respond to some of the things he said about Simmons. I'll do that tomorrow night because I want to talk to you tonight. Okay. Um, so, Gus, if you're listening, yeah, just uh, tune in tomorrow night. And um, I, because I actually think he made some good points. I just wanted to address them. Okay. Um, I, I, th- th- there you go. I, I like you, give, you know, giving Gus a little credit. I like when we can have good, good debates. Yeah. Uh, between callers. And I hope he uh, chimes back in. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, I was ready to, to bench Wentz a, a couple of weeks ago, but. Um, you know, mainly because I, I think they just need to see what Jalen Hurts has. Like, you know, I'm not even concerned about winning. It's not like I want Jalen Hurts to come in and lead this team into the playoffs. I just think it's important to see what he has. Uh, just, you know, you need to know what you have. You, you took him with a second-round pick. I, but I think the reason people are trying, you know, are, are kind of uh, still defending Carson Wentz is, Tom, I honestly think they're in denial because it's a very humbling thing to know that you do not have a franchise quarterback, especially when you paid him franchise quarterback money. It's one of the most important things to have in all sports. And when you don't have one, especially in today's NFL, you know, your franchise is doomed. And I think if fans admit that Carson Wentz is done, they're essentially accepting that this team is in deep, deep trouble and they don't want to do that. Yeah, I agree with that, Mike. And I think that there there are just so many people. It's just crazy that they just don't want to admit it. Like your lot, your eyes are not lying to you. Like, 
we're, we're watching this week after week after week, and the turnovers get worse. The decision-making gets worse. The holding the ball gets worse, and people just come and respond to that with more staunch defenses, and honestly, it makes them look kind of stupid. It really does. You know what else makes them look stupid? If they're not willing to bench Carson Wentz now, then why did you waste a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts, if not for this reason? Right. Because they obviously didn't take him to use him for one wildcat play a game. That's, I mean, that would be the, they're not. Look, I think this, this organization has, has fallen into complete and other incompetence, but they're not that dumb. You don't take somebody in the second round to use one play a game. They obviously took him because they were losing faith in Carson Wentz, either for his ability or his, his health. And so if, if, it, if they took him with a second-round pick, why would you not play him? It makes me think that, like, I don't know who's in charge of this move. I don't even know if it's Doug Peterson. Uh, Howie I, Roseman might be the one pulling, this, uh, you know, pulling the strings here, which is even more concerning because if Doug doesn't even have control over who plays and who sits – it goes back to what people have speculated for a while. You have all these kinds of weird you know, uh, power struggles going on within the organization. Mike, I couldn't agree more, and, and I, I do feel that way. I think that this is a decision that Doug doesn't necessarily have the authority to make. I've been arguing it with uh, Angelina for, for a few weeks now, and if that's the case, that this needs to be a decision, whether in-game or to start a game, needs to be cleared, from Howie or Jeffrey Lurie, then one of two things need to happen. Either Doug Peterson needs to be fired immediately, because if you don't trust your head coach to make that decision, he shouldn't be your head coach. Right. Or if Howie is that insistent on making that decision, then Howie shouldn't be the GM, because if you're going to keep Doug, you 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 need a general manager who is going to trust the head coach with that decision. So, yeah, I, I think that is a problem, and I think you're onto something there. Yeah, and it goes to, like, what I think just overall with this team, like, I don't think this should be any surprise to people. Like, I don't think this is just a sudden year where everything fell off a cliff. I think this is just continued regression from last season. And it's kind of like, you know, when you see players go downhill and then they finally hit that wall and you know it's over. Like, we, we saw the signs the last couple seasons. I just think that people ignored them because they made the playoffs because the division was so bad. And this is just continued regression. And I think, like, it, should, it shouldn't be any surprise to anybody. But, to Tom, this is what happens when you keep the status quo. Like, they did not see the writing on the wall the last couple years. And they kept everything. You know, obviously they made some personnel changes, but I'm talking about with the general structure. You know, nothing changed with Schwartz. Nothing changed with Doug. They didn't even hire an offensive coordinator. Uh, nothing changed with Howie. Um, you know, they kept a lot of veteran players like Peters. And I think what you're seeing is – since this team won the Super Bowl, they have become a completely and totally arrogant organization. They think their bleep don't stink. They think they can bring back any veteran they want, no matter how old or how injury prone, and just plug them in. And they're doing it with Peters. Alshon Jeffries getting snaps. You know, they still coach Carson Wentz the same way every week. And this team thinks they can do no wrong. And this is why I've been rooting for them to miss the playoffs all season, because this team needs a major dose of humble pie. They think that they're above any reproach. They think they're above any criticism. And if you don't even think that your franchise quarterback should be benched, then, like, it just goes to show you they've learned nothing. They've learned nothing. They need to be humbled. And, and you know what, Tom, if this continues, I'm going to – I'm going to – do a similar approach that I did with the Phillies and Sixers. I'm going to stop calling out Doug. I'm going to stop calling out Wentz and Howie. I'm going to start calling, calling out Jeffrey Lurie because he needs to get control of his organization. You know, yeah. if look, Tom, I think they're going to lose out. Let me just put that out right now. I do not think they're going to win another game. If this team can't make the playoffs in the worst division in the history of professional sports, then and if, if Jeffrey Lurie doesn't make major changes, if that happens, then he, it shows that he is favoring friendships and relationships over what is best for his organization. Yeah. And he needs to be called out if he does that. Because, Tom, what we're seeing now is the longer you, pr the lo the longer you put off change, the worse things get, and you just dig yourself a deeper hole. And we cannot afford another, uh, we cannot afford another year or two of this. They're going right. to dig themselves such a big hole, it's going to take four years to climb out of. No, I they agree. need to make change now. I agree, Mike. I appreciate yeah, it. Take care, Thanks. Man. And, yeah, I, I, the last time the Eagles were in a similar situation was 2015. This has felt a lot like that season to me. Um, 
And Jeffrey Lurie did step in. Jeffrey Lurie understood, okay, we can't take another minute of this Chip Kelly stuff. We need to get him out. We need to hire a new head coach. We need to build a foundation. They did that. It worked for a few years, but things have spiraled out of control. And Mike's right. This is time for Jeffrey Lurie to step in. And he's going to have to make a lot of decisions with this organization. Honestly, I'm at the point, I wouldn't mind blowing everybody out. I really wouldn't. Get rid of Howie, get rid of Doug, get rid of Carson, and, and start from scratch. You know, hire Eric enemy, do whatever you want to do, and move on. But there's no way all three of them can be that. There's just not. There's so much dysfunction. It's so clear that there's so much dysfunction. Um, You see what's happened to the quarterback. You see what's happened to the offense. See what's happened to the roster. And it is is a disaster. And Jeffrey Lurie does now need to step in and and fix this, much like Josh Harris did uh, this this offseason for the Sixers. Uh, Let's go to Tom in Delran. What's up, Tom? Yeah, hi, Tom. I'm a long-time listener. I'm a first-time caller. Thanks, Cole. And I, I definitely agree with what you're saying about Wentz. I mean, it, the thing is, Tom, um, I, I watch a lot of football. I'm 61 years old, and you just look at the quarterback play around the league. That's why I don't understand what the fans, why they, like you said, they're in denial. When I look at these quarterbacks, like that kid with the Chargers, Justin Herbert from Oregon. Herber, yeah. Yeah, he's a rookie. You see the throws that guy makes. You see how he reads the field, how he's reading defenses. I was watching Derek Carr tonight. Now, forget about Mahomes and Rodgers. We know they're they're terrific. You can't compare Wentz with them. But just look at the regular quarterback, like Kyler Murray. Look at the plays that he makes every game. You know, and I was a doubter of him. I thought the Cardinals made a mistake. I thought he was too small. Right. That kid is terrific. I mean, he makes terrific decisions. He makes terrific throws. Wentz just doesn't see the field. He cannot read defenses. He just doesn't. And he's a Division II quarterback. He's just not good enough. Yeah. And these people throw this word franchise quarterbacks around like he's not a franchise quarterback. He's a He's just a quarterback. No, and, he's, he's, and the thing is with Doug Peterson, I'll, and, and I'll finish. I don't want to talk too long. Uh-huh. I know you got cores. Doug Peterson, I call him his enabler because when he comes out three weeks ago after Brett Favre made that comment, Brett Favre, I seen it. It was on first take, and he he just said he gave Wentz the benefit of the doubt. But he did say, as a quarterback, as a franchise quarterback getting paid a lot of money, you got to make plays. you got to work with what you have, and you got to make plays. Philip Rivers tonight against the, the Packers, the guy hurt his foot. He's on one foot. He can hardly move Philip Rivers. He's 38 years old. Right. He's making throws unbelievable. That ball's coming out so fast. And Frank Reich, sure, he looks good because – Philip Rivers, he can see the field. He knows where he's. He knows where everybody's at. He knows where to go to. He knows his hot, hot routes. He knows he that ball's coming out. It's not. He's not double clutching. Right. He's throwing. Boom! It's coming out. Boom! It's coming out. Wentz just he, he can't see. He just don't know. You know. He just can't see the field. And then Peterson coming out three weeks ago and says, "Well, you know, Carson's our guy." Well, that's bad because that's given him the idea that, hey, I, I could play however I want. This guy's never going to take me out. I'm right. the guy here. That, Carson's our guy. John DeFilippo used to get in his face and tell him they got rid of him. They hired this press tailor who's his buddy. Buddy, buddy. See, right. he, he don't take no. no advice. He don't like people getting in his face. Bill Belichick got in Tom Brady's face. Tom Brady said, that's when I knew. I better toe the line here. Tom Brady, the goat. No, you got it. Got right in his face and told him off right in the beginning. I got you, Tom. I got you. Sorry, I got to move on. I appreciate the call. Uh, Tom was fired up there. But, yeah, no, that's exactly the message it sends. Where I I agree. Like, the message you're sending to Carson Wentz when you say he's our guy is, and when Carson continues to say, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change the way I play. What, what do you mean you're not going to change the way you play? 
you're turning the ball over at an absurd rate. That 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 is arrogance that is inexcusable. That's not acceptable on any level. And it's a slap in the face when Carson Wentz makes these comments. And like Tom said, when Doug comes out, when Doug comes out and supports him, Carson's got to say to himself, I can do whatever I want. I'm never getting benched. I'm never getting taken out of the game. I'm too important to this team. Benching him would send a message to the everybody on this football team, everybody in this organization, top to bottom, that you are held accountable for your performance. And the Eagles do not hold people accountable based on their performance because of their stature with the organization. It's it's Carson Wentz, it's Jason Peters, it's so many people who are underperforming. It's Javon Hargrave, who you can tell that guy's completely out of shape. He got his paycheck. He doesn't care. He's still playing, not doing anything, but he's on the field. There is no accountability in this organization whatsoever. And it starts with this enabling of the quarterback who is inept, the quarterback who is incompetent, the quarterback who is holding this team back. And when people make these excuses for him, it drives me nuts. Oh, the play calling, the offensive line, the receivers. Watch games around the NFL. No quarterback is 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 operating in optimal situations here. Every quarterback is dealing with either a bad O-line or not great weapons or a coaching staff that's not great. I mean, do we look at Anthony Lynn and that Chargers coaching staff as some great coaching staff? Do we look at them as like, uh, you know, quarterback gurus before this year? No. Are they a great coaching staff? No. Justin Herbert makes plays. He finds a way to make plays. But everybody wants to excuse Carson because it can never be poor Carson's fault. Never on Carson. Get out of here. This kid needs to be benched. And I would not be upset to see him go. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of the way he plays. And I am so sick of the way he talks after games. And we'll get to that a little later on as well. And play some of the sound. Because it is offensive the way Carson Wentz speaks um, about his play. Like, like he's not doing anything wrong. Like, how could we? How could the reporters even suggest that he could be benched? And it's 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 infuriating. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Um, see all you guys on hold. We'll get back, right back to the phones. When we get back. Chuck, you'll be first right after the break. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. If you want to get in, uh, some open lines, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. This is another one I love from the uh, Carson Colt. That's what I'm going to start calling them, the Carson Colt. Um, You know, I'll see tweets when, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes throws an interception in the red zone on Sunday night. And I'll see tweets, Patrick Mahomes made a bad throw. What, What, should we bench him too? You know, he turns the ball over, too. It's like, if, if, you, if you can't see the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Carson Wentz, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, he's, he, he's, he's turned the ball over 18 times. 18 times. Um, he fumbled in this game. He had an interception that was overturned, another interception that was dropped, another ball thrown into coverage It could have been picked. I, I mean, he's terrible. He's terrible. And if you fail to see that, you're either number one, as Mike in South Philly said, in denial, which I think a lot of people in this city are, are in denial because they don't want to admit that he stinks, or you just don't know what you're looking at and you're just going to defend him regardless. Um, but either way, it's, it's, it's not acceptable. And it's time for this organization to make a change and go to Jalen Hurts, it is time. Uh, let's go to Chuck and Malvern. What's up, Chuck? Hey, this is Chuck. Hey, Tom, you got a great last name, Irishman. Your your Catholic uh, background shines through. Be... Let me let me tell you. Yes. Um, okay. 
the, the word regression Mike used. Regression is, I've never done anything wrong in my life. And you mentioned cult. Well, Jim Jones and Divinity, how did that work out with that fire and how many people died from that? You know? Wait, now, what, what, um, wait what was that truck? I, Sorry, I was a little distracted. What did you say? Uh, Jim Jones and Divinity, you know, the cult okay. that he had all out right, there. I right. think it was him, right? Okay, go ahead. Let's move on. So, now, I would love to be a fly on the wall when Joe Klecko and his son, Dan, are out having a beer or just sitting down at dinner. I went to high school with Joe. Okay. He trained. He lifted weights. He boxed. He he twisted and turned. What does that have Mike, to do with what we're talking about, Chuck? So my now, now Carson, okay, he can't twist. He can't turn because the defense coming at him are swarming at him like bees. We had the fridge. We had the minister of defense. We had coaches, defensive coaches that became head coaches. Chuck, what is your just what what's your overall point? I'm I'm interested. My overall point is that. You can't give Carson too many more chances because he's not mobile. He stays in the pocket. He he won't move around. He won't twist. He won't turn. He won't look for the open man. There's open men. Yeah, I got you, yeah. Chuck. I, pre- I appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't move. He, he doesn't have any kind of internal clock, and that's a major problem. Um, but here, here, I'll just use this as an example here. Uh, Ryan tweets at me. Doug only looks good when good coaches are around. Wentz needs a be- better coaching to put him in better position to win games. I didn't see any rollout plays. That that that's the problem. Okay, um, I, I saw Fulgham. He dropped the pass in this game. He 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 that that ball in the end zone. He should have came down with. There were four defenders around him. I mean, he threw it into quadruple coverage. Miles Sanders fumbled. I mean, it's like the amount of excuses are insane. They are insane. And people need to wake the hell up and get out of this phase of being in denial. Carson Wentz stinks. He is a bad quarterback. He has been the worst starting quarterback in the NFL this year. And it's not even close. It's not close. So all these people want to defend him and and make excuses. Go ahead. There's nothing I can say it will change your mind. There's nothing Carson could do to change your mind because Carson's great. It's never his fault. Nothing's ever his fault. Whatever. But just wake up. It, it, it's 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 maddening. It is absolutely insane to see people not understand or refuse to admit how bad this guy is. Let's go to Mike and Glassboro. What's up, Mike? Yo, TK. What's up? What's going on? Um, you were bringing up Sam Bradford a lot. So I was laughing at that. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Sam Bradford being uh, better than Wentz, but um, I think the common factor here is that both Sam Bradford and Wentz, uh, you know, Nick Foles. I think the Eagles should have definitely kept Nick Foles over Wentz. You saw he had two injuries late in the season, and both times Foles took over from the playoffs. And honestly, Alshon Jeffrey catches that ball versus the Saints the first yeah. round, the Eagles probably win that game and might have went further than, you know, might have even gone to the championship game. Who well, knows? Mike, but, Mike, have you seen Foles play this year? Yeah, well, he's been terrible. In, you got to keep in mind that Foles stunk, literally was terrible on the Rams and the Chiefs when he left the Eagles, then came back and played great with the Eagles. So I think Foles just has something about the Eagles where he can only play good here. He was great the first time traded him away, came back, won the Super Bowl, then was good the next year when Wentz got hurt again, then we got rid of then the Eagles so, got rid of him again. So what do you want to do? You want to bring him back, Mike? You want to bring back Foles? No, I think the Eagles just made two bad decisions, getting yeah. rid of Foles both times. It's my honest opinion. Yeah, no, I got you, Mike, and I appreciate it. I I just don't see the point in relitigating the, the Wentz-Foles thing. I just don't see any point in that. I mean, I, I agreed with the Eagles' decision to move forward with Wentz at the time. I did. Um, I think any sane organization would have done what the Eagles did. Um, and you obviously didn't miss out on anything letting go of Nick Foles. He's been awful as well. I mean, ironically, they've been arguably the two worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year, uh, Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Um, I'm, I, I don't care about that. I really don't. That's ancient history. That's in the past. I'm worried about what the Eagles can do to improve things right now. And what they can do to improve things right now is put Carson on the bench and put Jalen Hurts in and just see what happens. Am I saying that I know definitively 
that Jalen Hurts is going to play well and that the Eagles are going to turn it around? I have no idea. All I know is it can't get any worse than this. It can't. Um, What we've seen offensively and what we've seen from the quarterback the last three games, going back to that Dallas Sunday night game, it can't get any worse. It can't. Um, So I'm worried about what we can do now. I'm not worried about the Nick Foles situation. That's ancient history. Um, And what we can do now is give the backup quarterback, who you drafted in the second round for a reason, because you were worried about Carson Wentz and because you didn't believe in him to begin with, what you can do is give him an opportunity and see what happens, because why the hell not? Uh, 215-592-9494. Let's go to Gus in Allentown. What's up, Gus? Well, I think uh, the the we finally has a dancing partner in Chuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and I also, you know, I, I'll look forward to hearing what Mike has to say about Ben Simmons tomorrow. It, it, I just want to reiterate my point is that if you want to trade somebody for James Harden, it's best to talk him up, not talk him down. You sort of devalue the guy when you say he'll never win a championship. <laughs> I mean, you, you better you better make a better sales pitch than that if you want to get somebody as good as James Harden. That's that's just basically you know a point I'd like to make. Okay. Now on the Eagles, there, there is this thing about Eagle fans that is different from the fans who uh, follow the Phillies and the Sixers. Now the Flyers are a little bit different. The Flyers are somewhat like the Eagle fans in that they project. It's not like they're a fan of the team. They think they are part of the team. Blind loyalty. There's no separation at all. Right, like a blind loyalty to defend it, the it, team. No, they are part. It, they are part of the team. They they have mentally fantasized that they are the Eagles, and they're not. They're fans of the Eagles, but they're not the Eagles. The Philly fans keep some distance, some some critical uh, detachment, you know, from themselves and the Phillies. Same, and the Sixers are very critical of the Sixers. Right. So you know, but but, but the, the Eagles, and this has been going on. This is about a, I think really a ten-year phenomenon. It's gotten worse and worse and worse. And this idea that if you have, if you don't have a first-class. Uh, franchise quarterback. You're like a second-rate city. You're like a second-class citizen. You have to believe in him. You have to. Your ego, your identity is so wrapped around it that you can't. That's the, that's where the denial is. Okay. So I agree with the denial, but it is unique to football. I I'd be interested to see if with the Flyers with their goalie, their current goalie, who they already have in the Hall of Fame, if he starts to unravel a bit, if it will take a long time for them to wean themselves off him. You know what I mean? Because it's the same sort of phenomena with the Flyers as well. But I'm not so into the Flyers, so I can't make that kind of comment with the confidence that I can with the Eagles. The Eagle fans are just they don't but, have the necessary critical distance. But, but Gus, that, I'll disagree with that to the point of nobody treated Donovan McNabb this way. Okay, that I mean, was no, a while. Wait a minute. No, nobody I, treated I, him this way. I will address that. I will address that. No, nobody treated not, Michael might, Vick this way or Brad. You want, you want to hear? Do you want to hear my repost to that? Sure. Okay. First of all, it was a long time. It was a while ago. You know, some years ago. It's not yesterday. And second of all, he was flawed. He was a flawed quarterback. But there was this racial component. I can't, you can't rate, run from that, especially when Rush Limbaugh said what he said. So the city wasn't as totally behind him from the start. There was always this – there was sort of a splinter group. Well, was, I, I, I don't know about that, Gus. I think wait a minute. No, wait no, a minute. No, no, I know about it. No, I get it, no, no, I get it there, He was a no. controversial quarterback from the get-go. Right. They wanted but, to get a – wait a minute. They wanted to get Ricky Jackson from the get-go. That wasn't true in the case it was of, Ricky. It was Ricky Williams. Rick, but Ricky no, Williams. no, no. Want, Gus, I, I get it. I get it. And I'll let you finish. But there were a lot of things that went into it. I, I think it was more Donovan's person. People didn't like Donovan's personality. I don't know what about – Carson well, Wentz's personality. I so agree. His personality wasn't very good. Right. And 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 Wentz had such a um, hayseed type personality. You really couldn't get a handle on it. And his success was so sudden that you just they just they just completely projected onto him. Okay. And they it's just very very hard to get once that happens. It's hard to to divorce yourself from it. And I think the Eagles are going to have him play, and as long as they think they can get away with it, Tom. 
Well, and as I, long as they get away with it, they'll, they they know what they got here. They know they have this this group that is just weirdly, uh, cultishly, uh, slavishly loyal to anything he does, and they'll they'll keep him in there until until it just gets unbearable. No, I get you, Gus, and I appreciate it. And and I mean, if that's true, then then they're doing the wrong thing by their organization, their fan base. I'll tell you what, if I was a player on that defense, and I'm not. Telling you the defense is great. Defense is not great. They played a decent game on Sunday. I thought they actually played pretty well on Sunday. Um, you know, they gave up a few big plays, gave up a long pass in the first half, and they gave up that long run to Nick Chubb. Um, other than that, I thought defense played pretty well. If I was a defensive player, like, and I brought up the comparison earlier, and I think it's important because if you're a defensive player, and, and you got to understand the way – NFL locker rooms are, is, yeah, everybody's on the same team, but offenses and defenses are like two separate factions of the same team. If you're a defensive player and you see, you know, one of your guys, Avante Maddox, who didn't play well, got benched Sunday, rightfully so, should have gotten benched. He was getting picked on. But you see him get benched after a bad half. And you look on the other side of the ball, and you got Carson, uh, you know, jolly old Carson, who I'm not going to change for anybody. I'm going to keep doing the same bleep over and over again. Play like this week after week after week and make your job so much harder where you can't give up any points because he can't only not score points, he's giving points to the other team. Carson was responsible for nine points in this game on a pick six, and then taking a a horrible safety. You're a player on that defense, and you're going to look at the other side, and you're going to see Carson continue to get every opportunity while one of your guys, Avante Maddox, gets pulled? That's not accountability. That's not holding everybody to the same standard. That's, uh, you know, one guy has a certain set of rules, and everybody else has has another set of rules. And you put Peters in there as well. And we'll get to the Peters aspect of this um, in the 4 o'clock hour because the fact that he's on the field is a disgrace also. But I really do wonder if you start to get uh, resentment from guys on the defensive side when they see Carson continue to play, continue to get opportunities, and he's making their job so much harder. And... It's just a different set of rules than it is for anybody on that defense. It's it's not right. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, we'll get back to the phones when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at TommyKelly44, where I have just put up a poll. Should Jalen Hurts start next week against Seattle? Uh, The answer is yes. Needs to be. Uh, You need to try something different. It can't get any worse than it is right now, and the quarterback's making your problems worse. And, you know... I talked about the the people who just blindly defend Carson Wentz, and you see so much of it on social media. And now I, I got this guy, Ryan, tweeting at me incessantly about what can Carson do. He's got no weapons, and that's the one I'm so, t- I'm so tired of hearing about it. He's got no playmakers. What can he do with no playmakers? Well, we saw at the end of last season that when he's playing well, he doesn't really need that kind of talent. You know, it's it's funny that apparently every other team in the NFL just has weapons all over the place, according to people. Uh, wow, you know, you look at at the Raiders, Derek Carr is having success with Nelson Aguilar. Is he not? Carson Wentz wasn't. You know, Carson Wentz doesn't make any of his players better. Jalen Rager um, was a first-round pick. He's a talented guy. Travis Fulgham has shown that he can make plays. He did earlier this year. Carson Wentz isn't finding him now. Dallas Goddard's a good tight end. 
Carson Wentz isn't putting him in opportunities to succeed. Carson Wentz is the problem. It's clear. And if you don't see that, you are in denial. I think a large part of the fan base is in denial. Carson Wentz is definitely in denial about his own play. And the organization, I think, is in denial uh, as well. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Isam. What's up, Isam? Hey, what's up, Tom? How are you, man? Good. How are you? I'm good. I was just thinking about y'all have these commercials that come on on WIP sometimes that y'all play before y'all play any before the Eagles play any particular team. <laughs> It'll like say something funny about that city or something, and it's just really funny. I was wondering if in those other cities, people just say, "Well, the Eagles have went," and just laugh at that, and that's the whole punchline. But yeah, it's man, getting this, it's getting harder and harder for us to you know make fun of other teams, Isan. Yeah, it's really terrible. Like, um, and I I think that one of the callers called it, and I'm not saying this to say that. Foles is the solution at all. I th- he was great here, you know, and I think that it's hard sometimes when you compare somebody's career when they were outside of here. People did the same thing, I think, with like AI. When he left here, he wasn't the same. But when he was here, he was great. There's certain things about chemistry, about personality, and how people empower one another, whatever, motivate each other. But one thing that I think that gets lost in all of this is something Doug said made me actually think that a couple years ago, Wentz was benched. And they described it as a back injury. I think it was the year after they won the Super Bowl. Right. And he, they started all terrible that year. Now, he wasn't throwing all these interceptions, but they started all terrible that year. And they, they suddenly just put him out. And I think that they cashed the season in and said, we're done. Well, this we're is – let, let well, the, uh, start. Yeah, yeah. well, Isan, I'll let you finish, but I'll just explain what happened. Uh, so, it was toward the end of the season, the Eagles were 6-7. and seven. If you remember, they had just lost – a game in Dallas, um, and yep. it looked like their season was over. Uh, and then Wentz went on IR with a back injury. I do think he had a back injury, but that's when Foles came in. They went to L.A., beat the Rams, and and started going on a run. They won a few games. They beat right. the Texans that year. They right. beat, like, teams that were playoff teams. Right. They beat, and they went on a nice run. Yeah, they beat the Rams, uh, Texans, and Washington, and then the Bears in the playoffs. Yeah, and it, it was a nice run. I think I think they won five. I think they when Wentz left, they were five and six. I think they're but six it and might seven. Have been, it might have been like you said, six yeah. and seven. Whatever he won, he won out, and he beat good teams, and he beat the Rams out in L.A. And I remember it was just it was a dominating performance. But I think that that year, I think Doug already threw the season in, and I think that Foles surprised them, and the team surprised them, and went on a nice run. And I think that that actually covered Wentz from being able to be judged on his his appearance that year. And then the next year, the same thing happened. And I think one thing that has to stop with this team is stop measuring them by beating bombs. Last year, they were terrible. And then by the end of the year, they went on a run by beating all bombs. And it's just, it's not cool. It's just really, it's not satisfying to keep saying we beat bums. We beat the Nucci this year. Right. They beat, uh, who was the other quarterback? Nick uh, Mullins. Bethard. That's third or whatever. Yeah, like you're beating well, bombs. Mo- yeah, Mullen started that game, but yeah. Yeah, and even in the win against Dallas, like that's a terrible game. Like he played terrible. They won in spite of. And it bothers me because, like, I know Gus mentioned something about race, and I know everything is not race. But I will tell you, from the people I speak to about things, there's a level of privilege that comes with this thing that is not afforded to a black quarterback. And I think that one of the biggest mistakes that was made was signing this dude a year or a year too early to his extension. When he's in the same draft as Dak Prescott, why didn't he just do the same thing the Cowboys did to Dak? Well, just franchise him and let him prove himself more because well, he hadn't even proved himself yet. Yeah, well, the thing is, Esau, and I appreciate the call. I mean, I don't think Dallas handled that situation well. I mean, Dallas is going to end up having to pay Dak more now. Um, I actually thought at the time it was a, a, an okay contract. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to crush them for that because the way the contract situation goes in the NFL, you need to decide on quarterbacks early. Because the contracts are going to keep going up. And eventually, you're going to have to pay the guy if you like him. They liked him at the time, and it's starting to look like they were wrong. Um, and, you know, I, I I don't know about about that. I'm not going to crush them for that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I the, Carson Wentz gets a benefit of the doubt that very few athletes do. Um, and I think it's more than anything – I think it's a couple of things. I think people still feel bad for him. 
that he didn't get to finish 2017, which, okay, you can feel bad for him. That doesn't excuse his play now. I think that's the main source of it. And then I think over the last couple years, and especially last year, with all the injuries and the receivers they had to call up and this and that, I think that we became conditioned to make excuses. We became so conditioned to, oh, well, the receivers drop balls, or the O-line's not good, or the coaching's hurting them, that now for a lot of people it's just like reflexive. That immediately, it, it can't be Carson. Like, you, you just rule it out in your head because people don't want to admit it, and they become so used to blaming other people that they, they have come, become so conditioned to, to reacting that way that that's the way they always react even when it's not right. And it's not right right now. Carson is the problem, and Carson is the one responsible for his own poor play. Let's go to Jaleel in Delaware. What's up, Jaleel? Hey, what's going on, Tom? What's up, man? Uh, this this season is um, I, I mean I'm I'm getting to the point where I, I'm I almost don't even want to watch these games anymore. Oh, they're brutal um, to watch. Brutal. The, it, it's brutal, and I, I mean to be honest, I'm surprised he even threw over a hundred yards this game. Uh, it it, it 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 just doesn't make sense. Like I've never seen a quarterback that's the best. They're, they're, he's the worst at everything good, and he's the best at everything bad. You have nothing to lose starting this guy, and you still let him ride the bench. And then during the press conference, they even asked him, can you bench him? Do you have the power to bench him? And Doug didn't even give him a real answer. And all he's going to say is, oh, if you bench him, that's telling the team that you gave up on the season. How? This guy is doing nothing for you at all, at all. I've never seen a quarterback who drops back and just takes punishment every play. I, I see this guy. I see no effort. I see no heart with this guy. I, I just don't understand why they just won't pass this guy off. Like, he needs to be benched. Once again, the defense, I, I don't think the defense ever even has the time to take their helmet off because it's three and out or it's an interception or a turnover on down every drive. I, it, it, I, I think the Eagles should learn from what, what this loss to the Browns that if you don't have a good quarterback, first of all, you need to rely on your running game. I mean, we run the, we run the ball very well. Yeah. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a boring game altogether if you want to keep Wentz on the field. But you need to basically just run the ball, ground and pound, and do a little bit of PA rollout for the guy. And that's all you can do for Wentz. That's all he can offer you. Right. He may Baker Mayfield is a, is not a good quarterback by any means, and they use him to his advantage. Only thing he does is do play action rollout, and he has you know 150 yard, 200 yard game. And it, it, Baker Mayfield looks way better than Carson Wentz. Yeah, and, and Jaleel, you're right. Wentz limits your options so much because I, I honestly think Doug feels there's so little that he can trust him with that he can only call a couple plays uh, because he doesn't want to put him in situations where you're going to turn the ball over. And should they run the ball a little more? Yeah, and I'm sure that's what people are going to say on Monday because that's always people's answers when the offense struggles. And, yeah, they should probably run the ball a little more. But at some point in the NFL in 2020, you need to make plays in the passing game. And you can't just babysit your quarterback, uh, you know, the entire time every week. Exactly. And, and I'm, tired, I'm tired of hearing about how bad the defense is. I mean, you, when, when does the offense save the defense? I mean, we're losing all day on offense. I'm, I'm, almost every drive is a turnover, a punt, or, or interception. And, you know, before I go, I, I'm, I'm getting very tired of hearing about both. This guy is not a free agent. He's not sitting at home looking to get a contract. He has, he has no conversation in the city anymore. Like, can we worry about what we have on the field and what can we do about right now? Like, it, it, it just, it's irrelevant talking about him. Like, please, just stop, stop bringing him up. Like, it's over. No, Those I'm, days are over. I'm with you, Jaleel. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, the full stuff is just so irrelevant at this point. that, that There's no point in, in, in bringing that up. But, um he, he Carson Wentz is playing terrible. I don't know what else to say. I've been t- I've been telling you for for, I mean, all, the entirety of the season now. It, it hasn't been groundbreaking analysis. Um, it, it's pretty clear to anybody who's watching objectively that he's demoralizing your offense and demoralizing your team. And I know the way people are, and and I know what the conversation's going to be on Monday. Doug's got to run the ball more. Just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Uh, you got to make some plays in the passing game. Because the way it works is once you run, 
defenses bring their defense up, and then you have opportunities to make plays in the pass game. You can't make plays in the pass game because the quarterback is incompetent. So that means you got to change the quarterback. Could you run the ball a little more? Sure. Okay? And I'm not telling you that I want Doug to throw the ball 50 times. But to win games and to win consistently, you need to be able to make plays in the passing game. And to do that, you need your quarterback to be able to play at a competent level. And that's something Carson Wentz is just incapable of doing right now. And if that's the case, he needs to come off the field. And another part of the problem, a big part of the problem, is Carson's assessment of his own play. And his kind of um, his appraisal of his own play, as well as how he intends to fix it. And some of the things he said after the game, once again, really bothered me. So we'll run through some of Carson Wentz's comments after the game. See all you guys on hold. Adrian, you'll be first. Um, but I, I want to play some of this Carson Wentz sound post game for you because it is really irritating. And it shows uh, that Carson Wentz is in denial about his own play. Um, and uh, the fact that that he apparently doesn't think he needs to change a whole lot. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.